Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Every one of us around this table have been through horrifically difficult things. Many of the listeners to this podcast listen because of those stories that you tell. Um, Being a follower of Jesus isn't easy. It doesn't mean that life's going to be be, uh, without issues and problems. But in the end, when we look at it with an eternal perspective, we see, oh my goodness, God was at work even in that hardest part of my life. Today's conversation includes the wisdom of pastors with years of experience and how to care for those in their congregation. Pastor Paul talks today with two former senior pastors who are creating new and innovative ways to share your faith, tell your story, and learn how to care for each other. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes, Hey, it's so good to have you on Life Support. And what we do in this program is we like to tell stories. And what we want you to do is understand the power of Jesus Christ. And many times he will come in a different way when we're suffering, when we're in trauma, or when we're trying to do something that's a little bit out of our comfort zone or difficult. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. Brian Schulenberg and Dan Carlson are here. They are pastors at Wooddale Church, which is a church here in the Minneapolis area. Guys, thanks for being here. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. We've been spending time talking about sharing faith and how to do that and and ways uh, to develop an avenue to do that in our lives. And I want to get back to some of those basic principles. But one thing I'm curious about is... um, in our current world, there are so many people who profess Christ, but they are largely biblically illiterate. Or if they know the Bible, they haven't really developed a sense of theology, even really basic systematic theology. Who is God? Who is Jesus? What is heaven? What is hell? How important is it that people learn these things? to fuel their desire to go out and share their faith. Part of the process, just this last week, we had a, um, an ordination for one of our, our pastors. And uh, that, that process, process was to investigate his orthodoxy, that he was true to God's word. And at the same time, we also talked about orthopraxy, or the living out, the practicing of, of that faith. And the two go hand in hand. It's not enough to just know these things and have them in your head, but it needs to move to your heart. And when it moves to your heart, that's when people see it. And uh, so we, we talked about both of those things because it's foundational. God's word is foundational to who we are and what we believe and that there are things there in place that we can actually talk about, but not just talk about them, but to live them out because that's the power of God at work by his spirit in us that shows that and demonstrates that to those around us. Yeah, that's good. And my fear is that um, if, if we really don't believe that there is a heaven and hell, mm-hmm. if we're buying into the cultural lie that there are fi- ways to find God around Jesus, in other words, different mm-hmm. ways, then there's no reason to be out sharing our faith. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, what's the point? Right, right. Yeah, we'd be to be, be the most pitied people in the world, is the way that Paul put it, exactly if, we, right. uh, yep. if we're wasting our time sharing something that isn't true. Yeah. So how do we know it's true? 
Well, I think the evidence is there. I, I really do. And I think people who um, are followers of Jesus Christ need to do the work and examine whether or not what they have been told somewhere in their life is true or not. Our faith is not an irrational faith. It's an it's a rational faith. But you mentioned earlier, there are so many Christians today who are biblically illiterate. And if that is the case, that is a failure of God's people, the mm-hmm. church. Sometimes it's a failure in the home. When we look at the Great Commission, many of us have become excited about evangelism. So our last show, we talked a lot about evangelism. Um, and we've been content to tell people about Jesus, but that's just part of the Great Commission. And another part of the Great Commission is to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I had an old seminary professor who uh, down in the South would look at his preacher boys in his class, and he'd say, preacher boy, someday you're going to come across that word all in Scripture. And when you see that word all, he says, you just remember that all means all, and that's all that all means. And uh, (laughs) when you see the word everything, everything means everything, and that's all that everything means. And I think as a church, we have maybe failed as the Western church of what the Old Testament speaks of so often, and that is the importance of teaching on the highways and byways of life, the truth, the evidence of the faith that we have, because the more you dig in, the more you find that there, uh, that our faith is a rational faith, and it's an historical faith, and it's a faith that has reason behind it, uh, and we need to be people who are doing the work to tell others that. Yeah, and I think that we also... Um need to make a commitment when we're choosing churches um, yeah. to choose a church. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be have all the bells and whistles. Um, number one, ask the question, um, how can I help this church? Where can I serve? How can my family help? But make sure it's a church that is an Orthodox church. Take the time to read through the Statement of Faith. Yeah. Yeah. Take the time to find out the affiliation of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, call up the pastor. Yeah. Grab a coffee. If he's not willing to grab a coffee with you to talk about his church, don't go to that church. Amen. Yeah. And ask the right questions. And don't be afraid to do that because, you know, it is your ultimate responsibility to raise your family and to help them and to, to feed yourself. But you also need partners. You do. Right. And you need partners that understand Scripture and are interpreting it correctly. And I'm not talking about the little nuances but the major stuff. Right. And sadly, many churches are not doing that anymore. Now, one thing I appreciate about Wooddale is, is Wooddale is, is a very, very biblically sound church, and I, I trust that. So let's talk a little bit more about how we turn that into orthopraxy. As you, I love the big words because that brings me back to my seminary days, <laughs> and I wake up in a cold sweat most of the time when I think about those days. Okay, so someone's listening right now, and they're saying, I want to go out and share my faith. I, I, I'm excited I can feel it in my gut. I have no idea where to start. Yeah. How do you start? Well, go ahead. Go right ahead. All right. I, I, I want to say that we start by listening first and foremost. Yeah. And so most of us, when we think about our story and we think about um, the story that God has entrusted us with to share, uh, are not going to be in the position of the three of us around this table where you're going to be standing behind a pulpit and you're going to be sharing to hundreds or thousands of people. Most of us are going to have that opportunity over a cup of coffee, over a you know dinner conversation with a friend or a neighbor. And this is where 
you know, when I think about where do we start, we start by making sure that we understand who the person is across from us and that we've asked some questions, that we've done a lot of listening before that we speak. Because, mm-hmm. again, we have the Spirit within us, and there's an opportunity to discern. The truth of the gospel is not going to change. The essence of the gospel message is, is the same no matter who it is that you're talking to. But the story and the avenue in which we're going to tell that gospel message are as different as the people that God puts before us. So, again, let's make sure that before we kind of jump in with that salesman salesman approach to the gospel, that we are um, understanding who it is that we're talking to, hearing their story, and then being able to answer the objections that they have. Because, again, my Somali Muslim friend is going to hear that very different than yeah. my apathetic friend who grew up in a Christian church and walked away from faith because they maybe thought it wasn't all real because of hypocrisy. And those are two very, very different stories. Yeah. And also anticipating conversations. We, we talked in, in, in another show about praying for opportunities. Yeah. Uh, preparing beforehand. It, it, God is with us all the time, everywhere, but also he's given us stories. He's given us life. And to, to, to seek God, to do our own study of, of God's word, but to do it with the fact in mind that I'm going to be with people today. I'm going to be with my neighbors who I've prayed for. I'm going to be with my coworkers who I've prayed for. I'm going to be with classmates who I've prayed for. Be thinking that I'm going to have an opportunity that prepares you to step in uh, to those conversations, trusting that God will give you the words because you've done some preparation. Yeah, and you can do more than just wave to the guy mowing his lawn across the street. Yeah. Because that's what we do as guys. Right. We yeah. wave, and then we've done our part. But you can even walk over there. You know, we had this— All the uh, way across the street? I'm not kidding. Wow. <laughs> and I'm talking—you're talking to an introvert here. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is not easy stuff for me. I don't naturally, you know, lead people to Christ at the mailbox. I have friends yeah. who do. Yeah. So— uh, I live in, you know, a normal neighborhood here in the Western Metro, and um, across the street there was this older guy who was living with his daughter. And I would see him out there kind of putzing around, and he'd drive his rider, and he was, I don't know, probably 90 or something, and he got it stuck one day or something, and I just asked him if I could help, and we started talking. So I'd wander over to his garage, and and I told him I was a pastor, and he looked at me, and he said, you know, um, I, I, I can never go to heaven. And I, and I said, Jerry, why do you say that? Because I've, I've, I've done some things, and, and there's, there's just no way I can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to know him, and you know what I did? I listened to him and got to know him. Yep. I, I was interested in him. And before long, he was you know, listening to um, some things online. I don't know where he ended up. He passed away. But the point of that story is, be interested in the people. You know, isn't that a sales basic 101? You want what's yep. best for the yep. person. Yeah. Exactly. Not pushing an agenda on them, that's right? That's right. That's right. People yeah. will see right through that. Yeah. But we do have an agenda. And that's where it gets tricky. It does. It does get tricky, right? Um, yeah. And yet our agenda is, should be the greatest hope, the greatest joy, the greatest love that anybody is ever going to experience. And that does not mean that our lives aren't hard. Every one of us around this table have been through horrifically difficult things. Many of the listeners to this podcast listen because of those stories that you tell. Um, Being a follower of Jesus isn't easy doesn't mean that life's going to be be uh, without issues and problems. But in the end, when we look at it with an eternal perspective, we see, oh my goodness, God was at work even in that hardest part of my life. Paul will return with Brian Schulenberg and Dan Carlson in just a moment. 
This is Steve Johnson from Five Stone Media, creators of Life Support Resources, free digital resources for the body of Christ so that we can all learn how to come alongside each other. Included in the resources is a new small group study called Caring for Mental Health. For more information on that and other resources, log on to lifesupportresources.org. That's lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. You're not pushing an agenda on them, right? That's right. That's right. People will see right through that. Yeah. But we do have an agenda, and that's where it gets tricky. It does. It does get tricky, right? Um, And yet our agenda is, should be the greatest hope, the greatest joy, the greatest love that anybody is ever going to experience. And that does not mean that our lives aren't hard. Every one of us around this table have been through horrifically difficult things. Many of the listeners to this podcast listen because of those stories that you tell. Um, Being a follower of Jesus isn't easy. Doesn't mean that life's going to be be uh, without I- issues and problems, but in the end, when we look at it with an eternal perspective, we see, oh my goodness, God was at work even in that hardest part of my life. I remember a few years ago, I had some friends who lost a, a son, and it was a, just a traumatic time, and they were still in their period of great grief. It had just been a few weeks since their son passed away, and I invited a friend of mine to come speak at the church I was pastoring in Woodbury, and this guy pastored a large church in Eden Prairie, and. I remember him coming that night, and it was the night that Brett Favre was playing against the Minnesota Vikings for the first time, and I think we had 13 people show up to church to hear Troy Dobbs, the pastor of Grace Church, speak. <laughs> I thought, oh, Troy, I'm so sorry. And uh, But those friends showed up. And I said, Troy, what are you going to speak on tonight? He says, I'm going to talk about God's trials, the trials that come into our life. Consider it pure joy. I said, you can't talk about that tonight. My friends just lost their son. A few weeks ago, he says, no, Brian, I I believe that this is what God has called me to speak about tonight, and I'm supposed to share this message. And I'll never forget him getting up to share that night and sitting behind Mm. my friends who are just in the worst, most unimaginable Mm. grief. And him saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith and he develops perseverance. And he goes on to speak, but I'll, I'll never forget that point. He said, when you're going through the trial, stick with what you know. Those difficult things in our life are oftentimes the things that God wants to use. Dan says, "Don't God never waste a pain. He wants to use in the lives of others to draw them to him. So, um, so many times we do know what to say. It's what God has brought us through. Sometimes we're too proud to say it, afraid to say it, ashamed to say it, whatever the case may be. But it's that sometimes the darkest parts of our lives are the parts that God actually wants to redeem and use to be a blessing in the lives of others. Yeah, and to trust mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit is at work in us. Mm-hmm. And yes. if we if we say the wrong thing, it's not condemning someone to hell. That's right. Um, it's better to say something than nothing. Uh, our, our son was killed three weeks before Easter. Mm. And um, the board rightly came to me and, and said, well, what are you going to do about Easter? Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I feel compelled to preach. Mm. I have no idea what I'm going to preach on. Mm-hmm. But I am going to be in a place that I'll never be in again where I can share a story that these people already know. It was in all the newspapers. It was mm-hmm. it was on television. They all knew. Everybody yeah. knew. The whole town knew. Mm-hmm. And so I could walk up there and I could say, you know, you know what we've been through. Let me tell you why I can stand here and talk to you today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I don't remember what I said. Yeah. 
after that. But I remember our regional director, a guy like you, Dan, that has way too hard a job. They should have, you know, they should pay you guys millions of dollars. Um, said I had, I called up and I had every regional director tell their people, listen to this sermon. But I don't remember what it was because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit took over. Yeah. And all I did was share a story. Right. Now, was it the right thing to preach on Easter? I don't know. But it's better to try than not. And the stories are powerful, and people tune into stories. Yes. And they can relate. There's, there's people that they can take an element of that or an element of this. And the one thing that they cannot, they can refute Scripture. They can refute the resurrection. They can refute all kinds of things. They cannot refute your own story because right. mm-hmm. that's your story. That's right. And so um, I think that everyone has a story, and it's worth telling. But w- how do they get from... Okay, we've we've gotten as far as they're getting to know the person. Mm-hmm. All right, now they're they're listening well. They've got a bit of a relationship. You know that 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 waitress comes over every morning. They're talking to her now. And how do you get from there to the big step? Yeah, which is to yeah. start introducing Jesus into the conversation. And to at some point there needs to be an action step. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think so many believers um, do a great job on all those steps that lead up to that. But then that's the point where it stops. And so this is where we're moving beyond the surface, beyond the kind of what's your story, to some of the other questions that we need to be asking. And they're questions about belief. They're questions about where, where people find their hope. Uh, that builds a, a great bridge into where mm. we find our hope. Um, I, I do quote a lot of scripture. So, you know, you talked about um, the fact that so many believers are unprepared today and the need to be in a church where you're being discipled. There is work that goes between the early morning prayer of, Lord, you're going to do some great things in the world. I want to be a part of it, To right. You're in front of that person. And so we do need to be people of the word. We need to be people who are equipping ourselves with understanding the apologetic behind our faith, how we believe what we believe. But there's going to be a point where, as you're asking what they believe, you ask for the, can I share with you where I find my hope? Mm -hmm. And most people are not going to object to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then comes the opportunity. And if I only have one shot with a person, years ago a pastor taught me about uh, something that he called one-verse evangelism. But he used Romans 6.23. Now, for me, Romans 6.23 will lead into several other verses. But if I have one verse, it's for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you think That's about the gospel. That, it's the yeah. gospel. And if yeah. you think about yeah. that classic old bridge illustration that Christians yeah. have used throughout the years, I'll take some words there and I'll talk about what they mean. And so I'll start with wages, and I'll say, "What well, wages is what we earn for you know our, our work. And uh, if we didn't get our wages, we'd be upset. I talk about sin. That, that may be a conversation that's going to be three coffees with somebody today. We've got to allow. Yeah. We, we don't have to finish this in one conversation. So if it's one verse and I'm having six conversations to kind of help define sin, I'm finding with this next generation, they have no idea what sin is. Yeah. They've never heard the word. It's yep. not been used at home or school. But they understand brokenness, and they understand that our world is a broken place. And so then I'll go back and say, do you know why the world's a broken place? And that's when I can say, well, Christians for over two millennia have believed 
that our world's a broken place because once upon a time there was a garden. <laughs> and, yeah, and then right. I tell the story, right? right? And so it's just that taking that verse, juxtapositioning the words like for the wages with the word gift and sin with God and death with eternal life and kind of building that bridge to our ultimate hope that is Jesus. And so that's the tool I use more often than any other. And again, the Holy Spirit's going to partner with you on what the verses and the phraseology and some of those things are, but ultimately pointing to that hope of Jesus. So the gospel in one verse, Romans 6.23. Yep. And, and the, as, as Brian mentioned, the more often you, you use that, God will give you other scriptures that yeah. they'll, they'll come to mind that, well, that fits here, that this fits here, uh, because you've told the story and you've lived it. Yeah, that's right. And, and if you're listening and you haven't done this, just Google the Roman road. And um, some scripture will come up that you could just have in your pocket if you wanted to memorize some or just have them ready. Um, all right, so we've gotten to the point where we know the person. We've gotten to the point where we've shared who Jesus is, um, what we believe. What are some tools that we can use to help this person um, get into a position where they can make a decision? And if they do make a decision, how do we help them get discipled? Yeah, you know— um I'm going to invite somebody at the end of that time to, you know, I'm going to ask a leading question. Uh, does this sound like something that you'd like to do? And invite somebody to pray a prayer, that type of thing. But, you know, if if that person does that, my responsibility then is to help get them into a discipling relationship, whether that's with me or with somebody else. I told you over lunch today, I have the spiritual gift of evangelism. That is a rare gift, right? But I know a whole lot more people who God is equipped to be, shepherds and disciplers and people with compassion and, and wisdom and teachers to, to build into others' lives. And so oftentimes that's a yeah. handoff for me to somebody else. I might walk with them that first week of being a follower of Jesus and then I'm going to keep using these gifts with, with others in my life. But that's where, again, it's really important to have a great church that yeah. you're a part of yeah. uh, that, that has church a is a great tool to follow yes. up with others. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got to be getting involved in a local community, uh, a church that is teaching biblical truth that's going to help somebody now build a foundation because again salvation it's the starting line it's not the finish line and you know we kind of began our conversation at lunch today with the fact that our faith stories are not static stories if our stories if my story ended with i became a follower of jesus on easter sunday when i was four years old it would be a pretty tragic story it'd be great I, i have a relationship with jesus i have fire insurance right yeah but surely God's done a lot more in my life over these last 50 years uh, yeah. Yeah. than that one event. Right. Yeah, the gospel is a continuous um, action. It's, it's Justification is wonderful. It's incredible. It's undeniably a mystery. But then the gospel is far more. It's, it's transformation. It's new life. It's abundant life. It's rebirth. It's putting lives back together again. Uh, putting people back together again that are almost hopelessly broken, and they think they're broken. Um, That's a cool thing to watch. Absolutely. Nothing like a changed life. Yeah. You know, I was an introvert. I am an introvert like you. And uh, I have found that for me, and it took me over 30 years to figure this out, I need a group of believers that I meet with regularly to help me grow. So I just want to read a verse for you that came from Ephesians chapter 2. And I was, it was a part of my small group this week. My wife and I are a part of with several other couples who are all kind of new empty nesters and in this phase of life. And uh, it's actually the paraphrase from the message uh, that takes Ephesians 2 and says what you said so beautifully. And just the first few verses, it wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. Mm-hmm. 
You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do mm-hmm. away with the whole lot of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. That's what it's all about. Wow. That's right. Wow. That's powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to try to keep myself together here after hearing that. Um, how can someone tap into what you're doing over there at Wooddale? You're training people how to do evangelism. Yeah. Right? you got some really exciting things going on. How can they find out more? You know, when people in our church are unhappy with our church, I know it's impossible to believe that might happen. Um, <laughs> and and they ask, where might we go to church? You know, I sent a lot of them to Wooddale. And, and uh, Wooddale's a biblical church. And so how can someone tap in? You can go to our website at wooddale.org. Or the Family Resource Initiative. Yeah, which you can find at familyresource.info. And we are going to be recording this uh, evangelism class that we've been doing. It'll be available at familyresource.info probably uh, sometime in the month of May. Good. That's really great. Guys, thanks so much for dropping by. I've learned a lot today from you. Appreciate your passion. Thanks for being a part of this. Always Thank a pleasure you. to be with you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. That verse that was just read, that passage that was just read, I should say, is pretty powerful stuff. And it means um, that you have hope. It means that you're never beyond uh, what God can do to put your life back together no matter what you might be facing. You may be uh, just experiencing intense grief. You may just think your life has fallen apart. You may feel betrayed. Your kids might be wandering off. And you you can go to God and he can still rescue you and rescue that situation. Don't ever lose hope. I want to thank our partners that make this show possible. Uh, Faith Radio has been so good to us. You can reach them at MyFaithRadio.com. You can see a video version of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com. And you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church as well at MyRWC.org. I'm so glad you listened to Life Support. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.